You're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson, episode 61. Hey there, you're listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast. My name is Angela Henderson, and on this show, we talk about improving your business, life, or both by having amazing and rich conversations with brilliant guests who will inspire you and who will give you tips and tricks to help you grow both in life and in business. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Angela, from Angela Henderson Consulting, where I'm a business consultant helping women in business to develop the foundational framework and strategy they need to grow sustainable and profitable businesses. Now, let's be honest. At some point in business or in life in general, we go through the good old self-sabotage cycle. In fact, many of us business owners go through this self-sabotage cycle like clockwork each and every day. And many business owners don't even know it's happening. Have you ever wanted something so, so badly, like really, really freaking bad, and you're working nonstop to get it, pulling up the big guns, but yet time and time again, you end up failing miserably? Or what about setting goals that you didn't reach? And have you ever thought to yourself, why the hell do I keep repeating the same patterns over and over again? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, you're going to want to sit back and get ready to listen to a great episode because today, our guest, guest Christine from Periscope Coaching is going to be talking about self-sabotage. What is it? What is the real reason we self-sabotage? What are some of the forms of self-sabotage? And what are the steps you can take to eliminate self-sabotage from your life and in business? But before we jump into this episode, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new on-demand business masterclass, the ultimate four-step framework for creating a sustainable and profitable business. In my 60-minute jam-packed masterclass, you will learn my signature four-step framework for creating a sustainable and profitable business without sacrificing time with your kids, without the overwhelm, or without wasting any more cash. You're also going to learn the four big business mistakes that everyone in business makes and why they're keeping you from growing that sustainable and profitable business. And I'm also going to touch upon what is working for businesses now and why most of what you're being taught about growing a business is outdated and wrong. To sign up for my on-demand masterclass, you can head to bit.ly, bit.ly backslash masterclass with Angela Henderson. And I will also include that link in the show notes. Now let's get started. So welcome to the show, Christine. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. I'm so excited to be here. You know, thank you. And obviously, you're also a Brisbane local also, which is very awesome. Yeah, absolutely. love Brisbane. And what are your plans? Uh, at time of recording, we're about to go into the weekend because I do a lot of my recordings on Friday. So what are your plans for the weekend? Oh, uh, you know what's so funny? I actually often don't even think about the weekend until Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Like I actually have clients tomorrow and I love actually doing a little bit of content on a Saturday. I don't know. It's just my vice. Um, and then Sunday I usually take the whole day off. So I'm planning to go to one of the coasts, whether it be the gold or the sunny coast and just to get a little bit of downtime would be great. Gosh, that sounds fantastic. And again, that's the beauty about living where we are in Brisbane is that we're, you know, really only an hour, either really north, south, or even east, because because we're not actually on the ocean. A lot of people think that we're actually, you know, sit on the ocean, we're still a little bit inland. So anywhere you go, we're surrounded by beautiful oceans. And I do think there's something uh, to be said about getting back, you know, outside, connect with nature and just kind of reset. Oh, absolutely. I think it's something that's needed for every single human being to get out into nature. And I think it's, we're so lucky in Brisbane with this weather. Like we have incredible winter. 
We do. I know back home, I always say, and I've said it a few times on my podcast, I'll be speaking with my family and they're like, I thought you said, you know, it was like 2025 out there the other day. And I was like, yeah, but they're like, but we saw you in a hoodie and slippers and long pants. Like why? Like that's, you know, a really like hot summer day for us. I was like, oh no, it's freezing. And they just kind of have a bit of a laugh. They're like, and you don't really know anymore what freezing is. And I'm like, well, in Brisbane, it's freezing to us. Yeah, absolutely. And all my family are in Melbourne and they're the same. They're just like, stop showing us pictures of blue skies. It's not winter. (laughs) (laughs) Now, listen, today is a topic that, you know, really it's one of those things I think some people might feel a little uncomfortable about because they're going to have to look at themselves and their inner selves and not just their outer selves today. And, you know, but before we really jump into self-sabotage and how that is potentially affecting businesses, both positively and negatively, I always like the listeners to get to know a little bit about the guest on a personal level, uh, because I think that's where true connections start to get forming. So my question to you, I was thinking about a variety of questions, but one of the ones that I haven't asked in a while, and I always do love is what's your all time favorite TV show? Oh my goodness, that's so funny. I was literally in a Facebook group the other day and they asked that question. And you know what's so random? It's like a, you know, teenage girl kind of fan club kind of thing. Uh Loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) Yes, Buffy, man, she Buffy made a huge impact on a lot of people back in the day you know it was a a must watch you know and we didn't have as you know back in the day on demand netflix where you could binge watch everything you had to wait every week for an episode uh so buffy the vampire slayer was your all go your go-to favorite tv show just the themes i think and the girl power and that there was no nothing that held her back like it was just that constant like i'm gonna be the best of the best and i'm gonna literally save the world. Like I just think that the themes behind it, I think I was really drawn to. <laughs> no, and again, it is, you know, and the women, <laughs> the, it was humorous, you know, but I do agree with you that the kind of like the, the subtle uh, strength that they showed in that character was, you know, quite strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think, you know, trying to empower, you know, females, girls collectively, but it wasn't like in your face. It was, uh, yeah, it was, a, they did a beautiful job with, with that. Mm, loved it every episode <laughs> so well obviously clearly that we've got the important stuff taken care of you know what is your all-time favorite tv show uh what can you tell the listeners a little bit about you and your business because not everyone will know who you are so i also like to give just you know a couple minute introduction um for you to you know take over and just give us a little bit more about who you are what you're doing now and what that looks like Sure, absolutely. So I basically was doing a lot of uh, business consulting for a corporate company for about six years. And how I led into doing what I'm doing now is basically I was working with business owners to help develop their business and grow their business and found that with I would be able to give them all the tools and the processes to put in place to grow their business. But I would find that some business owners would take those tools and run with them and be successful. And then others wouldn't necessarily take them and run with them. And I wanted to be able to serve my clients at the best of my ability. And so I couldn't understand why there was that difference. So I went back to study and to figure out, okay, so what holds people back? What was it that, you know, I'd see them one month and then the next month they'd done nothing. And it was like, what is going on? Like they say that they want it, but they aren't taking the action towards it. So I went back and I studied neuroscience, I studied human behavior, and to really understand how our brain works and how we create habits and what, we, what actually drives our behavior. And I became so fascinated with it that I started to implement small parts of it with the, with the clients that I was working with and just saw massive shifts that I was just like, this is what 
creates the results. Like it's not even about the systems and processes. Like if you don't believe in your ability to be successful, if you don't believe in yourself and what you can achieve, then, then you can have as many systems and processes, but it still doesn't work. So that then drove, drove me to want to do it for myself. I really wanted to work with clients that were really passionate about making an impact in the world and to be able to work with clients that literally wanted that success but couldn't figure out what was going on. So now I work with clients one-on-one in their businesses. I work with coaches, consultants and service providers to really uncover what holds them back. And a lot of that is a lot of self-sabotage and I love to see the shifts that the mindset coaching can create because it's really unearthing what's going on from their past or what's going on with them now that's holding them back from the future results that they want. And listen, I couldn't agree more, you know, uh, with my own clients too. There are some that just nail it, right? Like they just take the strategy, but I'm a firm believer that strategy is only 20% of their overall game. It's really that 80% is, 80% is that mindset. Mm. Um, and, you know, it, and I, there hasn't been, you know, a lot of information or a lot of studies really, you know, I guess tapping into the entrepreneur or, or small business world, but it would be really, really enticing to see. You know, I think, again, it's those stories, those beliefs, it's the past, it's a combination of things. But, you know, also just from a genetics point of view, like, are you just born with the fact that, like, you're going to persevere? Do you know what I mean? Like, because there's definitely go-getters and then there's people, again, like you said, who want it. But then, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think there's there's definitely people who have the natural tenacity to be an entrepreneur and to, you know, be driven towards achieving massive success. But that I don't think that's something that you can't learn either. And I think that childhood conditioning can definitely affect us in our beliefs around what we can achieve. But I think it's possible for everybody, but you've got to want it. And that's mm-hmm. the biggest difference I feel. Yep. And I know for being a mental health clinician for 15 years, you know, your environment uh, shapes a lot significantly about where you are, where you're going to go, what that means, you know what I mean, for relationships, not just business, you know, but like everything that surrounds you, which if that's the case and it's going to impact everything that surrounds you, it's ultimately going to have a significant impact on your business, right? Like it's, it's like they go hand in hand. Um, again, if you've suffered severe trauma, you know, that's going to have a direct influence, right? But as you said, it's not something that you have to keep living over and over again, right? Uh, it's, it's, again, I'm all about working through it. But again, it's what is the new story that you're going to potentially create in order for you to, like you said, be successful because everyone does have it within them. Uh, I also think though it comes down to choices, right? Like we all have choices that we get to make every single day. And, you know, there's a few episodes that are going to be upcoming about, you know, personal responsibility and choices. And I think, you know, we can talk more about that later, but, uh, you know, sabotage and the, and the choices, like we can give people all the tools we want. You can talk to them. I could talk to them. You can try and shift mindset, but it will still come down to people's choice. Right. Oh, and, uh, awesome. and, uh, sometimes, you know, I, I see in groups and I hear things where people's like, they'll try and blame this and they'll blame that. But I'm like, really your success in business and your failures in business ultimately comes down to you. Like, that's it. Absolutely. You're preaching my language. Yeah. You know, so, um, and you know, even when I bring on new coaching clients now too, my screening tools and what I mean by like screening, it's not like they're having a full on assessment, but to make sure that I'm the right fit. And I'm sure you've got some of the same things too, is 
I can help them, but sometimes they've got to go away and work on some of the other stuff. Cause if they're going to pay to work, do you know what I mean? Specifically around that strategy and, and also that mindset component of it is some people you, I can just see that they're not ready for it, right? Like we're going to get on board and it's going to be, you know, blame this, blame this. And that's okay. And I'm happy to help. But at the end of the day, there's almost like you've got to separate that sometimes too. Like, I really think that some businesses, if they could really work on that mindset and that, do you know what I mean? Personal growth for say one or two months and then jump in to a little bit more. I, I would love to also be able to like have case studies around that, right? Like 10 people do it this way, 10 people do it this way. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? I'm, I, I can only assume that you would see significant growth so much quicker, right? That would be fascinating to see, actually, and I totally agree. I think it's something that we've got to be mindful of how we're showing up and what we want and the choices that we're making. But sometimes we don't realise there are certain things that are holding us back. And I think I have screening processes as well that I, if I have clients coming to me and they're saying things like they want someone else to do the work, they're, they're blaming everybody else, like there's, there's definitely some mindset shifts you can create there, but ultimately they've got to want what they want. And if they don't, aren't willing to actually look within, they're not willing to look at how they're showing up because I'm not, I'm not here to do the work for you. Ultimately, exactly it's, right. it's your decisions and the actions that you take. So if you're all in, I'm all in. And I also know like, you know, a lot of times I get a question, you know, like, well, Ange, how quickly will I see the ROI if I hire you? And I go, it's not on me to get you your ROI. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, your happiness and again, your success isn't about me. I will guide you. I will give you the strategy, but you're the person who's doing it. You're, you, you're the driver in this seat. Like, you know, and so sometimes I think they want like by hiring a business coach means everything's going to be fixed. And I'm like, that is far from the truth. Do you know what I mean? As it will come. I, again, I'm the guider and the nurturer. Do you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you're still the, they're the driver, you know? So um, yes. But now I think, again, one of the interesting things you spoke about just a second ago was that sometimes I genuinely believe people do not actually even know that they're self-sabotaging. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we all do it. Every human being self-sabotages in some way. And often it's almost like our blind spot. So some, some self-sabotaging behaviors are quite uh, easy to kind of pick. We kind of know we're doing it, but we're kind of like we're still not going to take the other action instead. Or it's actually noticing that there's something not working here. I'm just not sure why I'm not doing what I'm doing. And that's usually an indication that it's a deeper seated reason for the self-sabotage. But um, yeah, so, so many times we don't realize we're doing it. And it's when we actually start to look into it a little bit deeper, you can actually see more of the self-sabotaging behavior so you can then address them. Totally. Now, for those of you that, again, might be going, okay, that's great, ladies, you're using the big word self-sabotage. But I just want to make sure that before we jump into some of the other questions for this particular episode is I want to kind of have a baseline about what exactly, you know, is self-sabotage? What do you think that is? So I believe self-sabotage is either a negative or a destructive behavior that goes against what we want for our lives. So it's going against a goal that we're trying to achieve or it's going against who we believe that we can be or the person we want to be. I feel it's something that is keeping us stuck or keeping us in a place of not achieving that goal. And obviously with that very clear definition about, you know, feeling stuck, not achieving the goals, why do you think, or what is the real reason businesses, or I guess really anyone, anyone listening, because not everyone else, anyone out there uh, that's listening is just a business owner, predominantly, yes. But what do you think uh, is really the self-sabotages? So, I mean, self-sabotage shows up in lots of different ways and it's sometimes that we, 
you know, sometimes it's really noticing the thoughts around, well, I, I know I should be doing this, but I'm just not doing it and I don't know why. Usually there's that language around it that you kind of know that that's something a little bit more deep-seated. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to self-sabotage and the reasons why we do it, there's a couple of different things that we need to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Firstly, it's sometimes the behaviour is actually negatively or destructively meeting a need. So we all have our core needs that we need to survive, that we need to know who we are in the world and that those needs actually keep us in a place of fulfilment, right? So sometimes we are actually the self-sabotaging behaviour is actually meeting a need that we require, but we don't realise that it's actually in an unresourceful way. Would you also say then, and it's not only meeting a need, but let's just say also for some individuals, it could also be a form of safety. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) That's another component, right? It's actually there keeping us safe because what might happen if I took this action and then that's unknown and that keeps us in a place in a state of fear and the fear of unknown can keep us stuck a hell of a lot for a hell of a long time. So noticing that self-sabotaging behavior is there to keep us safe is majority of the reason why we we self-sabotage. And when you think about self-sabotaging, again, what are some of the forms? Cause like uh, there's like really hundreds. Like, I mean, the, the, yeah. the list is really endless, but for the sake of the listeners out there who might just not even like, again, this is, it could just be that this episode for them is just an insight, right? Going, Holy shit. Actually I am like, I didn't even know I was self-sabotaging. So it could just be a fact that we're just educating them just about that. But what are the forms or ways that self-sabotage appears or I guess manifests in our lives so that people can start to identify if they are doing this? Sure. So, and as you mentioned, like it can be sometimes very individual to the, to the person, but for instance, to give you an idea of like some of the things that I've worked on with clients before. So it could be like, um, we start to get start to get really good results in our business or our life and then we do something to ruin that. Mm-hmm. Or it could be that we don't follow up on things that could be a successful action. It could be that we don't respond. Like I even had clients that got given an opportunity and they were contacted about this really amazing opportunity that would set their business into such an amazing trajectory of success, but they either didn't respond to the email or didn't get back to the phone call. Mm-hmm. Like, But they were like... And there are 50 million reasons why why they didn't necessarily do it, but it was ultimately because they were fearful of what that might mean. Mm-hmm. It could be leaving things to the last minute. It could be procrastinating. But I think we need to go past the point of it's just not everyday procrastination. It's when procrastination becomes a habit and but, it's you're safe. Yeah. Yep. And do you think like also... Like, you know, sometimes I hear in groups like, oh my goodness, I just, I've had so much bad luck, right? Like it's, and it's like, again, kind of that blame, right? You know, like, uh, oh, let's, again, it's the bad luck is the reason why, do you know what I mean? Your business isn't succeeding. Um, you know, again, those, do you think emotions play into it? Do you think attitudes play into it? Like what other, do, are there other things that you see, do you know what I mean? That are forms of this happening in that day-to-day life? Yeah, other forms could be that it's actually a a mechanism to avoid pain from the past. So it could be a certain experience they've had in the past and they don't want to relive that experience. So, for instance, I had a client that had previously had bankruptcy um, and so when she was starting out a new business venture, she was doing pretty much anything to not be successful and she even knew that she was doing it. And so it was fascinating because it was like she needed to work on actually healing the past so then what we're doing, the behavior is actually designed to avoid the pain and avoid the, um, that feeling again. Or it could even be based on limiting belief patterns. So fear-based thinking like um, 
fear of the unknown, fear of actually fear of success or fear of failure are really usually big ones as well. So it's usually the behavior will come into play to keep us safe from having that happen. So um, it's interesting when you start to uncover the reason behind the behavior and that's when we can start to have some awareness around how we can shift and change it. And when you talk about the shifts and the changes, I think too, like there, I don't know if you followed Jim Fortin over in the United States. He is a massive guru around, you mean unconscious, uh, the, the really the power of the unconscious, right? Like the guy's just like, he's a legend too. So if you don't, you might want to, yeah, he's, a, he's amazing. Jim Fortin and his last name's F-O-R-T-I-N. But my question to you is, is how much do you think of this is from the, you know, unconscious behavior versus the conscious behavior? Majority of it is when it's self-sabotaging that it is unconscious behavior and there's probably a small component of being conscious because they're literally taking the action when they know they shouldn't. Right, yep, uh-huh. <laughs> Vice versa, they're not taking the action even though even though they should. So it's that fear-based thinking where they just need to kind of push past that fear and take a little bit of action. But when it's a consistent behavior and it's literally like a long period of time, that's when it's usually unconscious and it's stuff that we need to heal from the unconscious mind to work on to be able to then move past it. Yep. And with that, because, you know, Jim, for example, he talks about like, you know, I won't name particular books because I don't want to be done for deformation, but let's just say a particular book about habit breaking, right? Mm -hmm. And they talk about like, you can try and break a variety of habits, but if you don't, you know, mean resolve the internal, the external actions are going to constantly keep happening. Absolutely. You're like, you know, so it's like, oh, quick, easy steps to do X, Y, and Z. And I know we are going to talk about some specific steps that people can take in order to start eliminating self-sabotage. Um, and, and I do want to, you know, preface before we get into that, like, you know, this is just one episode to really kind of get into, you know, self-sabotage, eliminating, you know, behaviors. This isn't something that you can just go and do a quick worksheet and then that shit's done. Like this is like an ongoing. So for those that are listening, like I said, there, this could be insightful. You might go and do some of the steps that we're going to talk about next. But the reality of it is, is like this could take, do you know what I mean, a month. It could take a couple months. It could take a year for some of you to work through some of these behaviors, depending on how long they've been, you know, ingrained or are part of your life. You know, and I also think, you know, we're talking about self-sabotage, but some of the other things I think that kind of um, complement it is that, you know, is those limiting beliefs and mm. equally the stories that people tell themselves. What would you, what are your thoughts about that? Absolutely. A lot of the time they're beliefs that we don't even realize that we have and they could come from childhood, they could come from a teacher saying something once or it could come from an experience that they've had. Like usually if there's a belief around like, oh, I don't think I could ever do that or I could, I, I can't necessarily um Put myself out there like that like usually there's some some type of belief that is keeping them stuck that we need to uncover that un like literally the subconscious mind of what it's telling us to keep us safe but also the experience that caused it so we can help to have some healing from the past so then we can move past it for sure yep so for those out there that are like okay obviously maybe i do have some self-sabotaging type uh stuff going on and uh just knowing about it uh obviously you know they want to get to the root of it or they want to start to make some form of changes or again maybe just unpacking some of that um can you share with us some of the specific steps that people need to take in order to really start looking at this identifying it and then really going into that eliminating that self-sabotage behavior not only in business but i guess collectively in life yeah, look, it works the same across the across the board. So it doesn't necessarily have to be just for business, but you firstly want to have the awareness around the self-sabotaging behavior. So first you want to be aware of where it's happening what and why it's happening, really. So start to notice the self-sabotaging behavior. So if it's if there's something that you're doing or not doing to 
that's keeping you in a place of not moving towards what you want in your life, then that's usually a self-sabotaging behavior. And we want to first create the awareness so then we can start to unpack it. And then we want to look at the reason for the behavior. So is it that it's designed to meet a need? So are you trying to gain significance or is it connection or is it certainty or is it uncertainty that you're trying to meet that need but it's in an unresourceful or another way to say it is almost an unsustainable way? Mm -hmm. So once we then uncover the reason for it, we can then look at, okay, so how do we overcome that? So once you know what it's what it's designed to support you, so if it's either meeting a need or if it's avoiding pain from the past or it's a limiting belief pattern, there's different ways that you could handle those. So say it's meeting a need. Firstly, you would want to uncover another way to meet that need more resourcefully Mm -hmm. because there is a need there for a reason, right? So it's like if you're really, really needing connection, but that connection is coming from a place of, you know, you're gossiping with friends and you know that doesn't feel good or you're connecting with people that are in a negative space and you know that's really not supporting your overall goals but you do it because it's designed to give you that feeling like you're a part of something, then go and find somewhere else to be a part of. Find new friends, find new people to interact with so you can still get that connection Mm -hmm. and work towards your goals in another way. So find another way to meet that need and usually having that awareness around it and once we have that need met in another way, we can then usually move past the self-sabotaging behaviour. The next one, yeah, so the next one is avoiding pain from the past. So if we're noticed that it's actually because of a past experience that we've had that has created that negative feeling that we don't necessarily want to experience again, then we need need to have some awareness around that to heal the past. So it might be that you need to work on work on that with a coach or you may maybe need to just realize that, hey, I'm feeling this because I was bankrupt in the past and I don't ever want to experience that again. What's some things that I can put in place that make sure that doesn't happen again? Mm-hmm. Know that you're going to be okay no matter what. Like the worst thing that can happen is a feeling. And if you've been through it before, then you're pretty much strong enough to get through it again. But having the awareness around what the experience was at least gives us some knowledge of going, well, how would I handle it if it happened again and know that you're still going to be okay. Yep. Fantastic. And do you think like, obviously, again, we've talked about this very quickly, but and let's just say, so let's just say someone wanted to start right now. Would you suggest that again, they get a journal, they get a piece of paper, they type it on the computer, regardless of what that looks like. I guess everyone likes to do things differently. And you'd be like, all right. So step one is, as you talked about, awareness of the self-sabotaging behavior. So let's just say, do we want to run through like a little quick case scenario for someone? Yeah, sure. So for instance, say, um, okay. So give you an interesting one, like, uh, for me. So I I had one in the past that I worked on, which was a deep seated belief around not being smart enough. And so the self-sabotaging behavior and how that showed up was in certain situations where I was in in an environment with other people that we, that were really well known for what they do. They were um, really smart in their own right. And they might be authors or they might be um, really successful in what they've achieved. What I found my self-sabotaging behavior was that I would retreat from the conversation and almost play small. So I would literally show up in that situation and not be my true self. Uh Yep. And so what I did at the time was one, create the awareness, right? I was looking for, literally primed my brain to go, okay, so today I really want to notice where I'm sabotaging my success. Where am I not showing up as my full self? Where am I holding myself back? Mm -hmm. 
creating that awareness. So at the time that I noticed that behavior, I made a note of it. At the time, I couldn't necessarily do the work on it because I was in, in an environment that wasn't really a place to do self-reflection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so later on, I sat down with a pen and paper and just went, okay, so what was the behavior? What caused the behavior? And I realized that it was actually because I thought to myself that I'm not smart enough to contribute here. And then I was like, oh my goodness, like what, what the hell's that? Yeah. You're like, hello. <laughs> yeah. So I started to create some clarity around that belief by some really cool questioning techniques to go, okay, so where has this come from? Why did I think this? What was going on for me at the time that made me feel that way? Is this from the past or is it actually from um, a, that I'm, you know, doing it to keep myself safe? Like what was the actual thing that was that I, the reason why I took the behavior and then started to notice, okay, so if I was to do a different behavior next time, how would I like to show up? Mm -hmm. I started to think about a future experience where we then might go, okay, so I need to interrupt the pattern from happening again. So it's really important that we go, okay, have the awareness, notice where we're doing it, then take some time to reflect on it and go, what's the reason behind it? Was it meeting a need? Was it avoiding pain from the past? Was it a limiting belief pattern of fear-based thinking? At that, for me, it was a fear-based thinking pattern. Uh-huh. Found the clarity around it to really go, okay, so that's not what I want to do. It's not how I want to show up. Then I had to interrupt the pattern. So the next opportunity that I had was that I needed to show up differently. So having the awareness to go, okay, I'm in this situation again. I, how would I like to show up this time? So I was going, well, I would like to speak up. I would like to speak my truth. I would like to contribute to the conversation. And by doing that, I needed to have a different belief. So my belief in the past was I'm not smart enough. So my new belief could be something, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the opposite of I am smart enough. Like right, yeah. the brain just goes, well, that's a load of bollocks. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we need to find a bridge thought around okay, so I can contribute to this conversation. I am learning as I go and there's lots that I can learn from the people around me. So contributing to the conversation is the, the best way to learn from the people around me. Mm-hmm. So that's enough for me to show up differently to go, okay, let's be a part of this conversation. And that interrupted the pattern, interrupted that thought belief. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's like, the, you know, a rubber band, the more you stretch it, the more you use it. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to, you know, yeah. it's, you're going to get stronger and stronger to the point where then again, that self-sabotage, you know, is no longer there. Yeah. And it's literally proving that old belief wrong. Mm-hmm. We're going and actually going, well, CIM, I contributed to that conversation. And afterwards you can take the opportunity to take the credit for yourself and go, Hey, I contributed to that conversation. I was a part of the conversation and I, no one ever turned around to me and said, you're not smart enough. Like, see, this is where you get to grow. And that's the thing is like what we tell ourselves, you know, like when you start to really kind of unpack it and put it on paper, you're like, all right, again, you know, I'm not smart enough. You're like, okay, well, how many people have actually said that to me? Mm. you could go recently and you're like hey no one how many people said that to me 10 years ago okay nobody how many people and then like you said if you really start unpacking you're like well hold on when I was six or when I was seven Mm. you know people said my teacher said I wasn't smart enough or whatever and like you said you slowly start to unpack but you're like really if you look at it collectively no one in the last 20 years have said I was not smart but it's still again somewhere in you do you know what I mean you genuinely believe and that's the thing is that feeling of I'm not smart, it actually is like you feel it. You're like, I'm not smart. Like, it's not just like people we self I don't think we just self-sabotage. We wake up in the morning going, do, 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 yay. Today's going to be awesome. And I'm going to self-sabotage. I can't wait for it to happen. Like it's so seated in us that again, it just like, 
sometimes you don't even, like you said, you don't even know you're doing it. Hmm. I think when, and the more I, I work with business owners that are really wanting to up level, it's, it can be really quite obvious how they're doing it as well, because they're really kind of hitting that ceiling and going, well, I've, this is the, the most success that I've ever achieved. Then, oh my God, what's next for me? And sometimes the um, self-sabotage behavior can really come in play there. And it's really quite obvious because it's like, they don't believe that they belong there. It's like the imposter syndrome comes into play. And those starts of, those types of beliefs start to come in, come into play as well, because it's like, what are you telling yourself leading up to these opportunities? Totally. And do you think that you, or have you seen in your time with working with, you know, collectively anyone really, but businesses, I guess also, is that, do you see different things come up when in different stages of business? Oh yeah, for sure. And I think it's like anything in personal development, the one layer of onion you take away, then there's another one. Like there's always something underneath it, but a lot of the time we'll have growth patterns, right? So it's like, we'll go through a stage of growth where we, where we believe that we have the ability to take the next step. And then we take the next step and we kind of go to that next stage or we go to the next room. And then it's like, holy hell, I've got a whole hub other lot of things I need to work on and then different types of beliefs come into play or different experiences from the past come and rear their ugly head or do you know what I mean like or it's designed to keep us safe so it's like that fear of stepping through and going what's this going to mean for me and can I handle this yes 100% and I just think that you know I guess if I go a little bit deeper do you think people in startup phase struggle differently than say people who are making six figures, people who are making seven figures and people who are making eight figures. <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> it's yep. interesting. Like it's still similar, similar patterns of belief structures. Um, it's yeah, it's so interesting. It still comes down to the belief of, am I worthy? It still comes down to the self belief of whether they believe that they belong. So it's, a lot of the time it's really come down to that belief of really, am I worthy and, and who am I? Mm-hmm. And I can only assume that too, that when you're going through significant, like you said, growth phases, mm-hmm. uh, which happens all the time, you know, like, oh my goodness, I'm doing really awesome. Oh my goodness, I suck. Oh my goodness, that was amazing. Or, you know, and then I'm bankrupt or whatever, right? Like I can only, uh, I guess, predict that you would start to see even as hard as you could work on those self-sabotaging behaviors that at sometimes when things start to change or start to feel uneasy or maybe overwhelm that again, they start to rear their ugly heads again. Yeah. But I think the more you work on them, the more aware of it you are. Yes. So you start to notice them a lot quicker. Whereas before it might be like that self-sabotaging behavior continued on for like a month. Right. Whereas now because you're aware of it, it's kind of like you, you, you realized it and you noticed it. It's like the two week mark and then you can kind of change the behavior or do you know what I mean? Like you actually start to realize that, Hey, actually that's because of that past belief or that's because I'm trying to meet this need or that's because of that happened in the past and I no longer want to be that person anymore. So I'm going to change what I'm doing right now. So the more you work on it, I feel like it's easier to notice it and it's almost like a, a shorter lag time. Right. Yeah. So it's like, again, so it's not that it's not popping in. I guess that's what I'm, that's what I was trying to get at is that it's still there. It's still present, but you're able to like, it rears its ugly head. Yes. But you're able to nip it in the butt so much quicker because you've, you're like, again, you've had the insight, you've wrote, you're written it down. You've been working on it. You've been changing that belief, you know, to the new one, etc. So yeah. So it's just like you said, a quicker, do you know what I mean? Lag time. 
Absolutely. And I think with every growth phase and every stage of success, I think you need a new belief structure or you need a new mindset to be able to overcome the whatever new challenges are coming your way, even though they might be from still similar past experiences. So the more you work on it, the more you uncover. But I think you need to up-level your mindset every time you up-level your level of business. Listen, I think mindset, again, goes hand in hand with you need different business coaches depending on where you're at in business too, right? Like, And I think... Uh, you know, you also look at athletes, for example, right? They no longer just have their their physical coaches that are there. They've got teams of people to help them in conjunction with their, their you know, their their training coaches, I guess. So I do think that again, it's um, you need you need that awareness, and I couldn't agree more that each stage is different in business growth. Um, you're going to come come with other obstacles, and strengthening your mind is only going to strengthen the overall business. Mm, absolutely. Honestly, it all comes down to mindset. Like if, like I said before, like if you don't believe it's possible, then you could be beating your head against a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, not, yep. Exactly right. And what do you think it is? Do you ever think that there's particular co- cohorts of people, do you know what I mean? Or different cultures that are more likely to self-sabotage than others? I don't believe so. I've I've not found that in my experience. And I work with lots of different cohorts of women because I think when it comes to our core needs, like when we're having, we've all had past experiences that have been painful. We've all got limiting belief patterns and structures from our childhood and our upbringing, or even just the last 10 years of our lives. And every human being, no matter what culture you come from, has our six core needs. So our six core needs are designed to actually fulfill us and to keep us safe, right? So we need the the sense of belonging with connection and love. We need to feel important in people's lives, which is, which is significance. We need to have certainty to know that we're going to be able to avoid pain and, and gain pleasure. And we need to have variety or other things would be boring, right? We need growth and we need contribution. These are the six core needs that are pretty much universal across all cultures, all human beings on the planet. And so I guess if I go, like I used to live in Fiji, for example, right? And though, yes, obviously we all have it. But what I'm saying is, is we know, for example, I was just at Mark Manson's, do you know what I mean, talk the other day at Business Chicks. And one of the things that he talks about is the stats around first world countries versus third world countries, you know, like, you know, uh, we've got more opportunities, we've got more choices, but because of this, we equally are in a state of overwhelm and higher anxiety and depression, which is leading to higher suicide rates than ever before because of opportunity, etc. Now, I know that's slightly different from a self-sabotage, but what I'm saying is, is if you look at third world countries, you know, are they... Is the self-sabotaging patterns, do you know what I mean, more likely to happen in a first world to a second to a third world country? Or do you think, again, it just is showing up might slightly different maybe because of their cultural needs and their upbringing? Like, what, like, I guess that's what I'm trying to look at because I'm really fascinated with the data that was presented at the Business Chick um, event because I, I totally agree with it, right, is that there's more choice. You know, he talks about if you go to a grocery store and you've got 20 boxes of cereal, most people would think that's great, but that's you know what I mean where the paradoxical choice scenario comes in is that you're almost frozen because you're overwhelmed with choice. Um, and so what I'm saying is, is when our first world countries are doing things like this and there's too much, are we more likely to self-sabotage? I don't know, like, is it a direct correlation because of the way our world is working and it's how busy we've got lack of connection? And again, is it going back to those core beliefs? Or is it, nope, it doesn't matter if you're third world, doesn't matter if you're first world, they're just going to show up potentially slightly different and we're still going to have them. 
I believe we're still going to have them no matter what. Unfortunately, I didn't get to get to that, that talk. It sounds like it was really good and I haven't seen that data. So just speaking from my experience, and I believe every human being has all of these experiences of having the pain from the past, limiting beliefs and the core needs. And so that, yes, self-sabotage will show up in some way, but it definitely would different be different to first world countries for sure. And I absolutely agree with you that we have that paralysis around too many opportunities, too many decisions that we end up then staying stuck in the one place because there's no, you know, it's all part of the fear and the unknown, but it's ridiculous how many options we have. And yet we still keep ourselves stuck. Yeah. All the time. Like, you know, no, it was a really great talk, like only a one hour uh, talk with him, but it was really, really great to hear, you know, some of that stuff he said, that's a whole nother naming episode, but yes, now listen. So thank you for today around being able to give the listeners the opportunity to really look at their own self-sabotage for the business. What are some of the reasons that businesses might be, do you mean self-sabotaging? Also, again, thank you for identifying the forms of self-sabotage and ultimately giving them those key steps about being, you know, aware of what the self-sabotaging is. What are the reasons for the behavior? And again, I guess, recreating new patterns to avoid that from happening. But if those listeners out there that are going, holy shit, this is going to take a little bit longer than me doing this, or I don't quite understand this, where can they find you? So, uh, so you can find me on my website, which is periscopecoaching.com.au. And then I also have a podcast called the next level life podcast as well. But I think the biggest thing is, is you, you are human and everyone experiences a self-sabotaging behavior. But if you notice that it's something that you want to work on and you want to take to the next level, then get some support and get some help. And you working with an NLP trained coach is probably the best opportunity to do that because you really want to work with the subconscious, not the conscious mind to be able to uncover the real deep-seated reasons why the self-sabotage is behavior. But please know that you're human and this is not an opportunity to beat yourself up because you're self-sabotage. Guess what? We all do and that's totally fine. It doesn't mean your life is over. But when we create the awareness, then we can always create a difference or a change in our lives that we want for the better. You know, I do like the point that you said, again, don't beat yourself up because it is though about awareness. And I guess it's also about knowing where is it impacting all areas of your life? Like if you think about mental illness, for example, is that it has to be impacting your life, like your business life, your home life, your community, et cetera. Right. And for kids, it's slightly different, but you know, it's being aware of what's going on, what changes need to be made. It doesn't mean that you've got a full-blown mental illness. It just means that there's things that are happening and to keep a close eye on it, right? But I guess it comes down to with mental illness, with self-sabotage, whatever, is again, you've got choices and there are people out there to help you if you choose to seek the help. Yeah, absolutely. And just start small. Just start with one self-sabotaging behavior and work on changing that. And you'll know that that actually impacts all areas of your life. Mm -hmm. And I agree with you. And that's what I always say is like, Rome wasn't built in a day, you know, my clients get sick of me saying it, but you know, they try and kind of, you know, some of them will like want to just achieve everything and everything at once. And then there's a little bit of overwhelm. And I'm like, no, we chunked down your strategy for a reason, just baby steps. You're still going to get there as long as you're moving forward. Yeah. Play the long game. It's much more fun. Totally. Well, thank you so much for that. And again, before we sign off, my team and I will also be putting together the whole transcription for this episode at AngelaHenderson.com.au. And of course, I cover all sorts of related business and life topics inside my very, very active Facebook community, the Australian Business Collaborative. So make sure to head over and join there. Have a fabulous day. And I look forward to having you join me next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations podcast. Have a great day. And thanks again. Thanks so much, Angela. I really appreciate it. Such a great, great conversation. Thank you, Anne. Have a good one.
Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au.